Hi, everybody. I'm George Siegel. Welcome to the Tell Us How to Make It Better podcast. A few months after Hurricane Ian struck southwest Florida last September, I went with my wife to a work function of hers here in Tampa. And I was talking to a woman who's a realtor about my documentary film, The Last House Standing, and she said her father-in-law lives in Naples and his house was badly damaged by Ian. I met him a few minutes later and somehow the subject came up and the story was heartbreaking hearing all that he had to go through. I try to be very respectful of people's space, so I didn't ask him to come on here and talk about it at the time, but recently I reached out and asked him how he was doing, and he said he was moving back into the house. So I figured now was a good time to ask him to come on the podcast. So today my guest is Robert St. Cyr. He goes by Bob, and he shares all that he's been through since Hurricane Ian as he tries to get his life back to normal. I'm George Siegel, and this is the Tell Us How to Make It Better podcast. Your home is probably your biggest investment, and every week we show you warning signs and solutions to help you protect it. Tell Us How to Make It Better is partnering with The Readiness Lab, the home for podcasts, webinars, and training in the field of emergency and disaster services. Bob, thank you so much for joining me this morning. It's a pleasure. Good to see now, you. We, great to see you. We first met last fall after Hurricane Ian. We were at an event in, uh, in Tampa, Florida. And you were just going through the worst of it, like most people were down there. Tell folks how bad the damage was to your home from Hurricane Ian. Well, uh, we had about four feet of water in the homes. I live in a community, a small street of 20 homes. And each one of the homes had about four feet of water in each home. So every one of them was completely destroyed. You know, the flooring, the walls, the electric, the utilities, the furniture, everything was wiped out. Now, for people who have never experienced a flood, first of all, they're very fortunate. But yeah. it's the house is like a sponge. When four feet of water gets in there, people sometimes think, well, it's just the area where the water was. But it goes up into the walls and it ruins mm -hmm. everything that it touches. So how bad was it when you when you were assessing the damage and, and actually looked at it? Well, you know, we really didn't have an appreciation at that particular time for how bad it was going to be and how bad it could be because we never dealt with floods before. And all we did was hear about other people who had experienced a flood, but we hadn't really um, experienced it. So when we came to the house, uh, we stayed at my daughter's house, which was a couple of miles from our house, further east, away from the Gulf. And when we uh, came to the house for the first time, you know, we walked in, we could, we got our cameras going and we videoed and we could see that everything had been pushed around. Uh, the house, the furniture was all over the place, upside down. I mean, to, to, to tell you that um, the washer and dryer, the washing machine was actually literally running while it was upside down on its back in the garage. So um, we didn't have an appreciation for it. So we really didn't know what to expect. And then we had people come in and look, look at it and say, you know, you really need to start taking out these walls meaning you need to start just destroying the house. So taking out the walls meant getting some hammers and some, you know, some uh, um, 
other tools just to start taking out anything that had been hit by the water. And I was at first saying to myself and to others, I don't want to do that. You know, I didn't have the appreciation for how important it was to mitigate it, that water situation as quickly as possible. But I had people telling me, you have to do that. And even though I was reluctant at the moment, I finally came around and saying, okay, let's get it done. And then and right. as, and it was interesting because just within a short period of time, a day or two, you could see black mold beginning to spread throughout the damaged areas. Yeah, I had, uh, when I lived in Detroit, Michigan, our sump pump in our basement broke and we just had maybe a foot of water, but it ruined everything in the basement and it wicks up into the wall. And if you don't start knocking that stuff down really quick, you end yeah. up with, with far worse problems. Now, when you were watching Ian approach, you have family in Tampa and yes. Tampa was the bullseye. We were the area that was supposed to get hit. And we were all right. thinking, oh, man, this is going to be really bad. And then the storm turned. So what was your mindset and preparation for it actually hitting you? Well, not only do we have family in Tampa, but we also have a waterfront condo very close to my son and his family. So we were looking at it and we're thinking, uh-oh, we're going to lose the condo. And so we were kind of prepared for that and we're watching the, you know, the news and the weather and all of that stuff. And we thought, you know, we're going to lose it. And then all of a sudden it took that turn, which no one really forecasted with any, um, you know, any forewarning really. And then finally we came around and my wife in particular said, you know, we've got to get out of here. And there was a news guy on that basically said, if you're anywhere near the water in this area, the Naples area, Fort Myers area, evacuate now. And fortunately, we have a daughter just a few miles from here, further east, away from the water. And we just, that morning, we just decided, okay, we're out of here. So we took the car and drove, drove over to her house, about two miles away. And that's where we sat and waited it out. Now, do you have a one-story home or two? One. So you would have had a tough time if you had stayed there because there would have been, really been no place to go. Well, that's right. And in fact, there were a um, number of people who stayed in their homes. In fact, my next door neighbor, right next door, who was elderly and had a hard time getting around, actually died in her house. She, uh, she called me the night of the hurricane, and she just said, Bob, I want you to know how bad this is going to be. She said, the water is starting to come in. She had refused to leave her home. And I said to her, because I knew she liked to walk around barefoot all the time. And I said to her, what do you have on your feet? And she said, well, you know, I'm barefoot. I said, go get some sneakers on. So there were uh, that situation where she actually drowned in her home. And then there were two or three other people who stayed in their homes on the street. And they ended up at the very last minute, either climbing onto their roofs, um, putting one, one couple put their elderly husband on the dining room table to get him out of the water. And then there were other people who actually um, 
left in their cars or walked to the closest area away from the surge. Wow. Now, did you have flood insurance? Yes. Uh, the, the association that I'm a member of, there's 20 homes, and all of us had uh, flood insurance, obviously never enough but to cover all of the repairs. But for the most part, we all received about enough money, thank goodness, that uh, we could rebuild the structures of our homes. On a separate note, as far as the uh, contents of the home with flood, uh, we had a contents policy, uh, private policy, and it excluded any kind of damage that was related to water damage. So that we were out completely 100%. Now, did you understand that when you took out the policy? Because we always tell advise people, most people don't talk to their agent and really understand what that policy covers. Right. Did, did you know that going in? No, I didn't. We, you know, there it was, you know, after all was said and done, you pull out the policy and there it is in black and white, but no one had ever uh, sat down and explained those limitations of the policy and, ex you know, explain what possibly could happen if in fact there was a, a, a flood. So we didn't, ex we didn't know that I have since now recently purchased a private flood insurance contents policy. So flood insurance is just for the losses. structure. It's just for the structure, not for the, the contents? Well, my the policy that the association okay, keeps it was, there. Is, was for the structure. And they also had a hurricane or wind policy, which would also cover some of the contents but this was strictly a flood event. It wasn't a wind event like Irma was five years ago. That's right. All the boxes have to check just right. And, and, and you know, a lot of people, we um, did, I did my documentary film about Hurricane Michael, which hit the, the panhandle. And right. one of the problems that they had there was which entity was going to pay your claim. The flood insurance yeah. wanted the homeowners, homeowners wanted flood. So did you have to have that battle at all? Well, yes, to some degree we did. Um, we actually had somebody come out and take a look at the, the roofs and the external um, structures higher than the water damage. And so we started to make the argument that how do you separate the two? Was it caused by wind or was it caused by water or did the wind cause the water, you know, all that. But when all was said and done, I mean, it was, you know, clearly a water event. And when they came out and looked at the structures on the roofs and stuff, they, they basically agreed and they said, you know, it better claim is going to be with the water. So just go with that. The minimal damage that you had from any of the roofs or the outside from wind would, you know, wouldn't exceed what your deductible would be. I don't know that people truly appreciate that something as important as insurance if you look at it from their side, their goal is not to pay you. Their goal is, right. to, I really believe, is a way to find out, ah, you're not covered for that. We don't have to pay you. Yeah. So homeowners really have to be on their A game, yet most yes. people aren't for some reason. No, you're right. I mean, and, you know, I'm not, not, I mean, I feel as if I'm relatively well versed in these things. I was actually the president of this association for 14 years. 
Luckily, we didn't have to deal with any of this stuff during that time. So I'm, I'm aware of it. But, you know, over time, you just get, I don't know, complacent, not really worrying about all the fine details, thinking that, oh, this is going to happen or this could happen to me. So do you think that people have changed their opinion down there now? I know that people in Tampa, I, and, and you know this too, probably from your family here, people here just go, ah, see, we got, we dodged another one. We're good. And, and it doesn't really matter. It's not that big a deal. Is it a different attitude down in Naples? Oh, it sure is. Anybody who got impacted by the, uh, the floodwaters is definitely a different attitude. In fact, in Naples, they're now going to build a berm along the Gulf uh, beaches. And they're bringing in like $25 million worth of sand. And they're building these structures at the end of the beaches and then coming in and loading in sand to try to protect uh, those low-lying areas along the Gulf beaches which includes the town of Naples. And I don't know if you've ever been down here or not, but you know, it's a cute little downtown and the homes along all of that area of Gordon Drive are extremely expensive homes. Many of them have been built up and so they're not at risk, but any of the original structures that were built in the low lying areas were devastated by the storm. I have been there. Naples is one of my favorite places in the world. Uh, the happy hour at Aqua is a place that I could just spend the rest of my life if I if I could. So people that have never been there, it's this beautiful tropical little city right by the water. Um, yeah. People walk around outdoors at night, and it's just it's just an, a spectacular place to visit. What's it like now? How did how has it recovered? Well. Um, slowly, you know, there's a lot of homes that have been knocked down, just cleared out of the lots. You know, if anything would, had significant damage and people had the ability to, um, you know, remove them and rebuild, that's what they're doing. So there's a lot of vacant properties, uh, both with lots and uh, construction going on now. Um, so the town itself and the businesses have reopened some of the events that naples is famous for have been uh rescheduled and are now happening again so you know but because it was such a long stretch from you know the very uh south tip of naples all the way up really to fort myers and beyond all of that area just really got wiped out and you still, still see a lot of devastation and a lot of vacant properties that are not, they haven't been rebuilt or they haven't been um, reoccupied as of yet. So there's a lot going on there. So your local news station is actually Fort Myers, right? There's no TV stations in Naples. No, that's right. Yeah. It would be wink. Wink News or one of the local Fort Myers stations. Yes. Do you think we after the? Go ahead. We have a newspaper, the Naples Daily News, and we have a, a, a kind of an entertainment newspaper called the Florida Weekly, and those are the two publications that originate from Naples. Do you think Naples becomes an afterthought, like a lot of places do after the national media leaves and the spotlight leaves? People don't know that what they saw on the Weather Channel for two or three days 
is an ongoing hell for the people that live there. It doesn't, it doesn't just go away. Well, I think that that's true no matter where these catastrophes occur. I know that, you know, if we're hearing about some kind of a flood or a um, tornado and you see the pictures on the news and you, you, you just can't appreciate, you know, the aftermath for those people who have been directly impacted by these, you know, major disasters. It's a big, big deal. And for us to look at it and, you know, of course, we're in that same situation. Nobody knew that I was displaced for six months, living out of a suitcase, traveling between my son's house in Tampa, my daughter's house here, and and a few friends along the way, not having your own stuff and routines. You know, everything was totally disrupted. We hear that story a lot. It's it's like you don't appreciate the daily things that you have until all of a sudden you don't have them. So let's play uh, armchair quarterback here, second guessing. What what do you think you could have done differently? <laughs> well, starting with, I probably shouldn't have bought so a home. Or actually, at a time, I actually owned three houses on this street, and they're all very close to the water, not only to the Gulf. Uh, Gulf of Mexico, but also there's a couple of rivers and there's or creeks in this area that kind of surround this area. And it's a beautiful area. And if you know Naples and you, you go out of the city and you go over the Gordon River Bridge and you take a first right, then that's all called the Royal Harbor area, which is all harboring the, the bay, Naples Bay. And so um, being so close to the water, you know, as beautiful and as convenient as it is to downtown Naples, turns out to be, in this go around anyway, a bad choice. So I think that would be the first thing that if I had to do it over again, I sh- I, I'm glad I got rid of the other two hot properties I own on the street, though, because now I only have one to deal with. <laughs> sure. You know, a lot of people, there's a, a ranch um, northwest or northeast of where you are, ba- I think it's Babcock Ranch. Yeah. Um, this whole community that they built sort of off the grid. Um, it's yep. they, they can sustain things themselves. They had almost no damage. But what people also have to understand is they have a long drive to the beach if they want to go. Yes. So everything's yep. a trade off in, in what right. you choose. Right. That's true. I mean, this area where we are just down the street, they're building this. 10 story uh, set of condominiums that are starting like at 4 million bucks a piece. And so all of the prop, because we're so close to downtown, we're less than a mile right down to Fifth Avenue South. So the land around here is very, very valuable. And developers are coming in and putting up these mega structures. But when they're doing it, they're keeping in mind uh, the additional regulations and um, safeguards to build up to, you know, uh, flood levels that are now recommended by FEMA. So your house is at, is it elevated above the floodplain or are no, you? No, it's not. not. Well, I mean, we're four feet. We're about four, four and a half or five feet high, but the flood areas are recommended to be nine. Yeah. So even where we sit, we're in still the low-lying areas, which is the old Naples 
um, you know, standards. And now it's up to nine. So we're really, if you think about it, probably four feet below where we should be. Wow. My wife and daughter and I came down there last summer and, um, we were talking to the bartender in Aqua, who was also a realtor, and the uh-huh. real estate prices there are just insane what oh, they've they gone up since COVID. I mean, houses have almost doubled in value. That just seems crazy. It ha- has it come down since the hurricane? No, not really. I think it can. T- well, some people on this street, for example, there are some people who, like the person who passed away and someone else who went to a nursing home, um, they sold their properties after they mitigated the water as is for somebody just to pick it up and then rebuild it. Um, so those prices are, um, you know, down from where they would be if they would have sold as a, you know, constructed home. But there were people here who bought one of the houses on the street for 600 K and the first time she saw the house, she bought it, you know, sight unseen, so to speak, was after the flood. And that value of that house was cut in half. They're now rebuilding it, and I think it will go back up to where it was. But right now, it's a, it's a major dip on those ones that are sitting there without having been reconstructed. Yeah, there's a lot of people in Panama City that saw the value of their place, especially people that had duplexes where the people on the other side decided to just leave. Um, yeah. the, the cost of rebuilding can be can be intense. And, and, and it's also, do they have to build it to the current code? Do people have insurance that allows you to advance what you're building and pay for it so you can rebuild it to the current standards? They're not they didn't require people to rebuild to the current flood zone standards um, because they really, I think just wanted to get people to get their houses reconstructed and move back in. So there wasn't a big push down here anyway, to require people to build up to that nine foot elevation that I mentioned earlier. Um, And as long as you didn't change the structure of the house and you were just rebuilding it, they didn't require, as far as I am aware, of anyone to get down there and, you know, get building permits and slow down the whole process. So as long as you work with a licensed general contractor and licensed contractors and reconstructing the same house the same footprint, et cetera, then I think, you know, people were allowed to go back and fix up their places. Yeah. I'm happy they're back in their homes, but that's crazy to say, you know, it's like in, in, in Panama city of Mexico beach, they got hit by a category five hurricane. They're not rebuilding to survive a category five hurricane. So the next one that hits, maybe the damage won't be as bad because the structures won't be as old, but they certainly won't be built to withstand that. And the same with flooding. You now know you're going to get all that water in a storm surge. I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? It's like, it's good, but it's also bad. Oh, believe me, we struggle with that question daily. (laughs) You know, what should, you know, are we, is this going to happen again? I mean, we've lived in Naples for 25 years and we've owned this property for about that long. We've never had any kind of flooding here 
in the past. So are the storms getting stronger? Are they becoming more frequent? It looks like they are. And so, you know, it does raise the question about what do you do to protect yourself and protect your property and your investment? I still want to move there, but now I'm I'm a little intimidated. Uh, and and even living where we are here in 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 Tampa, it's like we're the we could be next. And it, and the, yeah. there's a larger population; it would be worse. What advice would you have for other people? Because you know, like I I've said, I live in Tampa. I know that we're a bullseye for a storm. Anywhere in Florida is vulnerable. Now, yeah. having lived through what you did, what advice do you have for other people? I don't know if I if well, one of the other things, uh, George, that is happening is this whole business with what's going on with insurance. You know, um, the neighborhood next to ours ended up uh, having their hurricane insurance dropped by their provider. We have just learned that our uh, insurance here for hurricane only win is going to go up by over $100,000. So there's a lot, and that's to be shared by 20 homes. So that would be an increase of $5,000 each home a lot. for that coverage. So, you know, taking into that con- consideration, you know, the business of the storms and then the insurance challenges that are now in the state of Florida, my advice would be look somewhere else. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a it's a bad alternative, necess- but it, it probably necessary to at least think of those things. Yeah, my guest in my last episode is building off grid communities in Utah and Arizona, but it's that's not Florida. I mean, I, I think that's a great place. I, I I love the mountains and 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 the desert, but if you like being in this tropical environment, it's very hard right. to replace that. It is. It is. And, you know, believe me, I rack my brains just about every day thinking about, okay, where could I go that I could have the same thing? But, um, you know, I I come up empty most of the time. One of the lines from my film was uh, a gentleman here in Tampa said, this is the cost of living in paradise. Is is it worth it? Well, it is as long as you don't get impacted by the floods, that's for sure. But if you are, no, the answer is no, it is not. It's nothing I could ever, it's the hardest thing that I've ever gone through in my entire life. And I would wish it on no one. And I would not, I can't imagine it would be worth going through this again, no matter what the circumstances are. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Sure. That house that um, I watched a film that was a, a fabulous education and the house that remained up on mexico beach how much did it cost to build that house you know they did not give me a dollar figure i i suppose we could zillow it and see what the house is worth i know it costs a lot more to go 38 feet into the sand and uh and and anchor it in there like that but what those guys made a commitment to say we're putting this here what will keep it here and yeah. most people don't do that. Most people build no. just saying, I'm just living for today. We're building the code. And the code's not going to get it done in a, in a Category 5 hurricane. Right. No, that's true. Yeah. What other questions? No. Well, um, what do you hope or what 
are you expecting that sharing these stories and uh, these situations will will do to change things and uh, move move um, move the world? Well, I think if people focus on the core of what you're saying, what could have made a difference? Well, understanding and having the right insurance for the disaster that could hit you is your absolute safe gap last measure because you can't sometimes control the disaster, but then it's the recovery that can go better if you have put yourself in a good position. And, And the other thing is don't focus so much on the eye candy in your house. Understand the risks of your house and try to live accordingly. In, in your case now, you know you could get four feet of water. Maybe the boxes with the family memories are put on a high shelf in the house. When my basement flooded in Detroit, all my tapes from my early years in broadcasting were destroyed, all the kids' toys, family pictures, everything that you put in yeah. a box in the basement. You have to think mm-hmm. about if the disaster hits, how am I prepared for it? Yeah, an interesting story. I had a cedar chest a big cedar chest filled with all of my family photos in the garage. And about two or three weeks before the hurricane, I started going through them and sorting them out because Jeff, my son, wanted the cedar chest for his home. So I went through all these photographs. I separated them into Jeff or Andrea Um based on my best guess, put them in a plastic container, put them up in the attic. And then the day before, two days, three days before the storm hit, Jeff came and took the cedar chest and brought it back to his new home in Tampa, which is where it is now. But had wow. that not happened, that would be all of that would have been gone. Absolutely. And it's those important memories that we think are just stored away. You have to make sure yeah. they're stored away safely. And yes. if you had to evacuate what would you take with you? You don't make that right. plan at the time the order's issued. Yeah. Um, right. And in Florida, it's tough to know where to evacuate because we're a peninsula. And people here in Tampa, a lot of people evacuated to where you are and they went mm-hmm. to Orlando. What are the two places that got hit by Ian? It hit yeah. you and then it went up to Orlando and we got almost nothing here in Tampa. Yeah, I know it. I know it. It's crazy. I know. You know, yeah, Jeff is just... Jeff has just built a, a new home. I don't know if you're aware of that, but uh-huh. he built this great big house right on the water, um, you know, like 4,000 square feet. It is 10 feet up off the elevation, flood elevation. But still, you know, you could get a 15-foot surge. I don't know. Who knows? That could have happened if he, if he ended it here. Does he have concrete block on both floors? Yeah, he does. That's yeah. good. He's got, you know, a, so, he's, got a, he's got a pretty big, you know, footprint there and it's well designed, but you never know. You never do. And that's why my number one goal is just to have people be aware. And as you know, mm-hmm. 25 years down there, I think there's an attitude in, of Floridians that it's not going to happen to me like there probably is everywhere else. And they're 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 hardy. They're not going to give in to something like this until it happens. And yeah. then it's like, whoa. It changes your thinking. Yes, it does. Well, that's how it that's how it went down for me, for sure. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story. It was a, it was a pleasure meeting you that night, and uh, thank you again for coming on today. And uh, I hope to see you again in the future. I hope so, George. And best to your your wife. And um, I hope we will uh, pass will cross again. 
maybe I can get Jeff to sponsor one another one of those little gatherings. We're there. Have them do it. We'll show up. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Thanks, Joyce. Thank you for joining me today on the Tell Us How to Make It Better podcast. All my contact information is in the show notes, as well as a link to my documentary film, The Last House Standing. Now, if you have a story of being a victim of a major disaster or a story of something that happened to you when you were building or remodeling, I would love to hear about it, and we can feature you on an upcoming episode. And if you enjoyed what you were listening to today, please become a subscriber, share the link with your friends, and even leave a review. Thanks again for listening. See you next time.